Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Thursday was a big day in the life of the Holy Christian Church. We celebrated the ascension of Jesus, that is, his return to his heavenly throne, which, according to his divine nature, and we just sang in a hymn that really makes you want to go out and wage holy war, he never left that throne according to his divine nature. But now, he has taken our humanity, and he has seated it at the right hand of God, returning us to full communion with God the Father as Adam enjoyed it in the Garden of Eden before the fall into sin. We confess this every time we confess the creeds. And now you'll notice that our Paschal candle is no longer lit as a reminder that Christ's visible presence has, in fact, been removed from us. Though we do not see him, he is not gone. He exercises all power and authority in heaven and on earth and is present here with us now, even as he is present with his church gathered throughout the world in various places at this very moment. But how glorious would it have been to have the Lord Jesus visibly present among us today. If Christ had not ascended into heaven, we would be able to point at a man and say to the unbelieving world, look, there he is. I told you so. People loved by God, our Lord's ascension is for our advantage. He says so in the gospel reading. He says so a few weeks ago, but if I go, I will send the Holy Spirit to you. In the reading for today, Jesus says, but when the Holy Spirit comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. The set, by sending us the Holy Spirit, that means that we lack nothing. Jesus says, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? God has provided us with a great testimony of his Son by the work of the Holy Spirit. This, the last Sunday of Easter, the Sunday between Ascension and Pentecost, now acts for us as the bridge between the Easter season and Pentecost. With the words of today's Gospel text, Jesus is preparing his disciples, and by extension us, for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. And so with that in mind, let us consider some of the things that the Holy Spirit does. In the Old Testament reading, or in the Old Testament in general, I should say, we read the account of God's work in human history. The church holds that the Old Testament is divinely inspired. That is, it is written by the prophets as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. We confessed in the Nicene Creed just a moment ago that the Holy Spirit spoke by the prophets, like Ezekiel. This doesn't just mean that the Holy Spirit bore witness or directed that these men should preach certain things, but the Holy Spirit has given us testimony 
that the very truth of God is revealed through the writings and the preachings of the, the prophets in the Old Testament to point us to the fact that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Lord affirms this for us after his resurrection by saying that he needed to interpret all of the scriptures, the Old Testament from Moses and the prophets and the Psalms in light of his work on our behalf. But the Holy Spirit's job was not finished by any stretch at, at the end of the Old Testament. That same Holy Spirit continues to bear witness to Christ through the teachings of the apostles in the New Testament. Jesus says of these men in Luke's gospel, He who hears you hears me. St. Paul even confesses for us that the scriptures, as they are written in the New Testament, are God-breathed. Again, not just as in God telling the men what to write, but also that his Holy Spirit is at work through the preaching of the New Testament to convert unbelieving hearts to Jesus. So it really isn't up to us to convert anyone. Let me take that burden off of your shoulders right now. Rather, it is the work of the Holy Spirit who works through the word that we proclaim. As Jesus says, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. When we hear the preaching of the apostolic word, the Holy Spirit creates and sustains faith in hearts that hear it. Faith comes by hearing, says the Apostle Paul, and hearing through the word of Christ. Now, as if the scriptures aren't enough testimony, the Holy Spirit also bears witness to Christ in visible means among us today. In the waters of holy baptism, the Spirit creates a relationship between you and Christ. You are not only baptized into his death and resurrection, but you are made Christ's brother or sister as you are adopted into his family, the church. You are now a new creation, now a living stone in the temple of God, and the Holy Spirit testifies to you that God the Father has called you by your name in baptism as he bought you back from sin, from death, and from hell. In a few moments, the Holy Spirit will testify to you that the wine that is here on the altar is the true blood of Christ. And it is by that blood that Jesus will pour into your mouths that you have been cleansed from sin and given the gift of everlasting life. This witness drives the church to bear witness to the work of Christ. And so even as the Holy Spirit has spoken through the prophets in the Old Testament, the apostles in the New Testament, and still speaks to us today, that same Spirit continues to drive us to proclaim that word in the world in our own day. We follow the examples of the apostles who were carried by the Holy Spirit who say, we believe and therefore we speak. Speaking to each other and to our neighbors about Jesus as God gives us an opportunity is part and parcel of the Christian life. Now, unfortunately, we do live in a world that hates the work of Jesus. Our Lord says, 
They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. We read in the New Testament about how some were excommunicated from their local synagogues in the days of Jesus' ministry and also in the years that followed the ascension. The scriptures testify to us about these things. However, we continue to see violence breaking out in, from the early years of the church, in the time of the apostles, even up into our own day. Indeed, many of our brothers and sisters in Christ throughout the world were, continue to be slaughtered in various parts of the world just because of what they believe about Jesus. In many of those cases, those who profess faith in false gods perpetuate this violence as an act of service to their God in fulfillment of what Jesus says. But, dear saints, this is not the only persecution that the church faces. As the world continues to press in around us and tell us how backward our views are and how we're on the wrong side of history, we will face pressure to conform to the world's counterfeit morality that directs us not outward to our neighbor, but to ourselves, rather than to an unchanging truth of God's word. In the last year or so more, the devil has done an excellent job in isolating us from one another, dividing us into this or that identity group, and set us against one another over the last I don't know, 14 or 15 months. This tactic is nothing more than the old divide-and-conquer trick. We are made to feel alone in our confession of the faith. And if you've ever felt like you've had a third eye growing out of your head because of what you believe, it's because the devil has cut you off from the rest of the, the faithful in the church. This is why it is essential. Right now, more than any other time in human history to double down on what we believe as Christians, to gather together, to hear the word of God, to sing his praises, to pray with one another and for one another, to gather in the sacrament of the altar here as God joins us together in relationship with one another and also with him. You are not alone. You are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses whose stories the Holy Spirit has seen fit to preserve for you in his word. But why does the world hate us so much? Well, Jesus says, a servant is not above his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. But Jesus also says, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You all have been called by God himself from all eternity. By his work through the water and the spirit, you have been placed into the nail-pierced hands of Jesus Christ. And nothing can separate you from God's love that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. By the very word by which he has called you, the Holy Spirit will also strengthen and keep you in the one true faith. This is why the, the, the Lord Jesus continues to send his Holy Spirit to you, to remind you of what he promised you and to strengthen and keep you in the faith. 
Jesus says, I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. When that hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. So Jesus isn't saying these things to worry us. He's not saying these things to scare us. But he's saying these things that he might bring us comfort. That way, when these words prove true, the Holy Spirit will remind you that Jesus saw this coming and that he has promised you victory over sin, death, and hell forever. The Holy Spirit calls you out of darkness of this life through the light of the gospel, and he enlightens you with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. In these things, Christ promises to be with you even to the end of the age. The Holy Spirit is faithful to use the word of God to remind you in the muck and mire of this life that Christ is indeed with you. Even now, when we are gathered here in his precious and holy name. And even more so, he is present with you at the altar in his very body and blood. It is from that altar, from that meal, where we are gathered as one family, that the Holy Spirit seeks to join us into one body. Dear saints, this body lives beyond and outside of these walls. And so as the world presses in around us, we will find that we need one another all the more. We will need to take care of one another, even as the first Christians did. We must build up our families to stand against the coming persecution. The world wants to sacrifice us on its altars of inclusivity and tolerance and conformity to their way of looking at the world. But only by joining ourselves to one another, coming together around the word of God, not just on Sunday mornings, but by caring for one another, praying for one another, through these things, we will be able to withstand what is coming. Jesus promises, wherever two or three are gathered in his name, that is where he is located. His kingdom is not far, but is in our midst, in the midst of the believers. And this presence of Christ continues with you even to the end of the age, even after your body lies buried in the ground. For he himself will raise you up to life everlasting on the last day. So take heart, brothers and sisters. Your Lord Jesus has sent you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, to call you by the gospel, to enlighten you with his gifts of word and sacrament, and to strengthen and keep you in the one true faith to forgive your sins, and to raise you up in the resurrection on the last day. And for the last time this Easter season, Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. In Jesus' name. Amen. And now the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord.